0: Um, welcome to the CASA update for the week of 623 2017 My name is Jan Johnson. I'm a board member of CASA, and with me is the executive director of CASA, Alex Clark. Good evening, Alex. How are you this evening?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: I'm very well. So, what's new and exciting this week?
1: Well, um, lots is exciting. (laughs) (laughs) So, for anybody who doesn't know, um, San Francisco uh, had a regularly scheduled board meeting on Tuesday, mm-hmm. Board of Supervisors meeting, right. And uh, a motion passed to uh, to pass the flavor ban on the first reading. Um, so just so everybody's aware, a first reading is part of the process, and that's what that's what everyone expected to kind of happen. I, I think, as far as i know actually nobody knew that the flavor ban was going to go before the full council this quickly um but uh it uh you know typically these things have a first and second maybe even a third read state legislatures do that and you know once it gets through all of that then it's uh you know, it's voted on or it it passes or fails during that process. Um, And typically there is some sort of uh, opportunity for more public comment, um, maybe between the first and the second read. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, all of that was bypassed and uh, the Board of Supervisors voted to pass the ordinance. And as it stands, uh, there is one more vote to happen and that's coming up on Tuesday, uh, the 27th okay. and, uh, this is expected to be, this is just a formality basically okay. and, uh, it's expected to pass. Um, so instead of just sitting here and taking it like obedient, uh, former smokers, right. um, CASA has encouraged our membership nationwide to uh, contact the San Francisco Board of Supervisors via email, via Twitter, and via phone, and uh, politely tell them that we are very disappointed in their decision, uh, and also share share your success story with them. Um, And, you know, to sort of state this preemptively in case anyone needs to reference this. First of all, you know, state and local lawmakers, um, and, and rightfully so believe that they should only be hearing from their constituents, residents of their state or residents of their city. Um, and, And this, you know, is something that we, uh, generally adhere to, uh, you know, we have enough membership in, in various places that, um, you know, we can get enough people involved. Uh, to, to to make a statement and um <clears throat> and, and that should suffice. But mm-hmm. the reason why this has been opened up to the entire country is that policies that get set on the West Coast, particularly in the Bay Area, have an effect. They tend to influence policies in other places, New York in particular. When oh, I yes. went when I went to the um, uh, the licensing the tobacco retailer licensing hearing on the the package of tobacco bills, actually Mm -hmm. um, in in New York city, there was, you know, part of the conversation involved how certain municipalities in California, San Francisco in particular had adopted similar licensing schemes for tobacco retailers. And just as a refresher for people who, who are, are not familiar with it. California has sort of been, as far as I understand it, the genesis of these licensing regulations that set uh, a cap on the number of licenses that mm-hmm. are uh, uh, um, uh, granted. And also, they, they have this sort of uh, tobacco retail density going on. So um, the idea is that over time, less and less tobacco retail licenses are issued and you know, I guess gradually taking it down to zero. Um, so <clears throat> that that is a policy movement that is popular in the Bay Area and other parts of California, and it has jumped the country to influence policy on the East Coast. So oh, yes. this talk about regulating flavors. Um, first of all, New York tried to introduce a, a flavor ban. Um, and they were; it was quickly shot down. It never saw the light of day because the way it was written would have limited vapor products to basically just propylene glycol, vegetable glycerin, and nicotine. Right. Um, it, it was not written properly, and there was quite a bit of outrage um, coming from our membership. Um okay. There was a oh, bit yeah. of a, a bit of a Twitter storm on that one, uh, and that was, I think, a couple of years ago. <clears throat> so that that hasn't. That never went anywhere it doesn't mean it's not going to happen again um also you know the state of new jersey uh has seen two bills they're not likely to go anywhere Uh, at least one of those bills is as i believe changed to um ban all flavors even tobacco um (laughs) and uh yeah which is sorry I know sorry. it's. <laughs> uh, no, so no, are you gonna are you gonna it, you, <laughs> Laughter, laughter is the appropriate response because it's insane.
0: Yes, sorry.
1: But oh I'm no, sorry. no, no, apology is necessary. Um, <clears throat> um, and and, uh, you know there there is there is actually talk in D.C. about flavors. This is, you know, I, I, I'm not going to get into many more details except for to confirm that flavors and regulating what flavors are appropriate is to some extent on the table for this year. So this is, this is a conversation, this is a national conversation. San Francisco has stepped in it and um, they, they should be receiving thousands of phone calls. I agree. Uh, and thousands of emails, and I actually, at last count, I saw we had um, at least 2,500 people have sent emails to San Francisco about this. Good. Um, so, um, and and we'll continue this. Um, I, I I I don't I don't know if this I, I don't know if this stops until the ordinance is changed. That's kind yeah. of my feeling about it. Um, I agree and and you know and it's it's even worse because you know at least in places like contra costa county and i believe oakland Mm -hmm. and you know some of the other surrounding municipalities number one they acknowledged the existence of vape shops and built in an exemption which you know is that's that's nice and all i mean that's not what we as casaw want to see we want to see people you know, being able to buy flavored vapor products in convenience stores, um, sure. you know, they, they should see these products next to the cigarettes that they normally buy and yeah. say, well, you know, maybe I'll try that grape flavored vape thing, you know, right. um, you know, whatever. it's it, Something mm-hmm. should spark their interest in a smoke-free alternative. Um, but, you know, at least those communities, um, number one, considered the uh, the impact of these ordinances on independent vapor retailers, and they also made an accommodation for other small business owners, the C-store people and, and, you know, the small independent grocers and all of that who sell tobacco products, who, you know, were, this, this happened during the month of Ramadan. So, Mm um, they, they made an accommodation for those people. And uh, you know, at least promised to have a second hearing so that all voices could be heard, right. and um, you know, they they took into account at least more business stakeholders. Right. San Francisco had no interest in listening to any of those people, um, and even during the hearing, um, I, th- I think we may have talked about this last week. There were a few people from the African American community that stood up, and you know, they were talking about. Um, you know they were talking about an underground market being you know just as you know as destructive uh and you know also one of the things about um you know uh poor low-income communities is that Mm -hmm. setting up your own individual grocery store c-store whatever that's for a lot of people that's for them a way out of poverty it's i mean you're not going to get filthy rich off of this but you can at least make a living and, and support your family. And so, uh, and, 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 uh, you you know, think what you want about tobacco sales. It's still, it makes up enough of a percentage, you know, like when these, (laughs) when these ivory tower types come to these city council hearings and say something like, well, you know, sales of flavored tobacco products only make up 17% of your gross sales the question that people should ask them is like, well, are, are you willing to give up 17% of your salary?
0: I mean, this is the same arguments that the who starts when they say people should be banned from growing tobacco. Now, they never take into account that people who grow tobacco have a livelihood to gain from that. And you're essentially forcing people to starve. It's not the same thing, but it is the same ivory tower type of argument that refuses to take into account that people have lives and families to take care of.
1: And and to, to add to that, they're also not considering the fact that in lots of parts of the world, it's also illegal to grow heroin or I'm sorry, marijuana. <laughs> it, it's illegal. To, it's illegal to grow poppies, whether or not it's capable of growing poppies and it's right. illegal to grow marijuana. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't see, I don't have any, any grocery stores in my neighborhood that sell heroin <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that if I asked around, I could find heroin to buy. Oh yeah, it's illegal as hell,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it's still available.
0: There's so, still yeah, there's always going to be a black market. When they do stuff like this, they're they're making themselves the criminal's best friend, yeah. And they're they're making an enemy of the legitimate business person, which is just ridiculous. I've never understood that reasoning.
1: Yeah, so um, that's what's going on in San Francisco. Um, I I wish I had something better to report, but um, right now it's really just a lot of anger. Well,
0: you know what? uh, Maybe we need to get, maybe anger is a valid place to be. Maybe getting angry will motivate some people to do something.
1: Yeah, you know, and Actually, I did kind of remember one point that I wanted to bring up Mm -hmm. on some of the the promotion that I've been doing for this on social media. Some of the responses have been, well, you know, I can still buy online, right? Or, you know, I can still go, you know, I mean, yeah, if you live in San Francisco, you can hop across the bay if that's Mm -hmm. convenient for you and and go to a brick and mortar in Oakland, um, you know, or or somewhere outside of San Francisco, Mm -hmm. sure. Um, but, oh, oh and of, of course you can, you can DIY. Right. So, you know, these are things that are still legal. It's it's not illegal to use a flavored vapor product, right. but I, I think that people really need to kind of look beyond themselves here mm-hmm. for you, for the established vaping community in San Francisco. Sure, man, like you can go online really easily, you probably already shop online, maybe for some products that you don't see on the shelves in vape shops in San Francisco, right. or maybe you just prefer to shop online, I, mm-hmm. whatever. But for the smoker, that right. is accustomed that, you know, they have a routine, they go to, uh, they go to a gas station, they go to a, a corner, corner grocery store, they pick up a pack of cigarettes for them. The, they, they lose that opportunity to be exposed to a smoke-free product. And they, you know they're they're that less is, likely to to go online and shop. They're certainly less likely to figure out how to mix their own flavored sure. liquid.
0: Well, I mean that's where most people are first com- not confronted, but where most people first see it. You know, taking that away from people means taking away an option. Yeah, and especially for your older smokers that maybe aren't online. You know. Yeah ridiculous
1: yeah um and I and I had another you know another point to this is that um you know I'm not exactly sure how online uh sales are handled in California um I I don't I don't know if they require signature on delivery um but you know things that wouldn't surprise me that things would be moving that way yeah um now I I order snooze um, sure. And and I the the snooze that I like uh, I get from Sweden, sure. and uh, the uh, UPS is the as far from what I understand the only carrier that does signature on delivery, sure. yeah. Um, yeah. and so that means you know when I, I when I worked in, I, I, I was fortunate enough to work for a small company. Mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I was the one running, I was the fleet manager, I was running the office. Right. So, you know, it, it was not a big deal for me to receive packages at work. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how I used to do it. I would get my snooze delivered to work and bring it home with me. Sure. Um, <clears throat> First of all, depending on how much I order, I'm paying 20 to $30 for shipping. Yep. Second of all, I have to sign for that package or make some sort of signature arrangement with UPS, which can cost, you know, a little extra. Mm -hmm. The last order of snooze that I got, um, I was in the bathroom when the guy came Mm -hmm. to deliver, I missed, I missed my delivery. I had to wait an extra day for, for my delivery, not a huge deal Mm -hmm. uh, because I plan ahead, but, um, it was still, it was still an inconvenience and, um, you know situations like that will discourage people from ordering online it's just easier I, I i live less less than i i could probably count the steps i don't know how many steps it takes me to get to the nearest little grocery store that sells cigarettes right. but there's there's one you know a block away less than a block away from me right. um and, and we have small blocks here so um yeah it's just you know I understand it as sort of a coping mechanism for people of saying, you know, like rather nobody likes to panic about stuff. Well, sometimes they don't. (laughs) Um, But uh, you know, to, to to respond to what the city of San Francisco has done with like, you know, Oh, I can still, I can still get my stuff online. Um, It's, it's not really very productive. And so I, I think people should be a lot more outraged about this than they are.
0: Yeah. So no, I, I agree. Um, I agree.
1: And then something. So I, I, I guess we've sort of talked about San Francisco enough, um, <clears throat> but it raises another point. I was watching the news a little bit before um, uh, before this, and right. I saw a talk of. Um, I guess Johnny Depp said something stupid recently about President Trump. And <laughs> um you know, the, the the feature on the news was it was talking about, you know, violence towards the president, uh and right. violence violence towards politicians, you know, where it's it's it hasn't been what, eight days since the shooting in Washington DC. Sure. So I, I do at least wanna I, I think you know, as as an advocacy organization, we and, and involved in in political discourse, you know, and in, in involved in a policy movement. I think that we should we have a bit of a responsibility. You know, we're 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 talking about how people should be angry about this stuff, but I, I think it has to be tempered with some sort of statement to the effect of "We're not advocating violence." No, we're no, no. Never going to advocate violence. In fact, we have actually encouraged people to not take to the streets in demonstration. Um, because you know, at least not now for reasons other than the potential for violence and property destruction more because it's, would be, I think, you know, it's hard enough to get people to send emails and make phone calls, um, trying to get people (laughs) to actually physically show up and, and hold signs, uh, can be very (laughs) difficult in certain areas of the country. So, um, but you know, I, I just, I do want to say, you know despite the fact that we have, we tend to encounter lawmakers who um, are really just intent on pushing an item through the process without uh, acknowledging uh, dissent Um, case in point, the the San Francisco board of supervisors. um, We, we do have the luxury of having, passionate and robust political debate in this country mm-hmm. and that's that's where we need to be mm-hmm. um, we ultimately ultimately have evidence and science on our side mm-hmm. um, we we don't control the message in the media yet right. but but we have the evidence base to support the harm reduction yeah. so it's, you know, it is, it is far more brave to look at this from the long-term goals Mm -hmm. and, and look at how, look at what we need to do over the next, look at what we need to do over the next year in order to stay in the fight for the next five years, for the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. We're, We're talking about you know influencing bringing about a massive cultural shift
0: well uh, this is this is a long-term thing yeah this is a long-term this is not this is not a half marathon this is one of those really long races that goes on and on and on It, it just is um i certainly wasn't advocating violence when i said people getting angry i meant maybe it would motivate them to talk to other people
1: oh yeah no i and I, I didn't that wasn't directed at any any one of us oh, yeah. mm-hmm. i just you know i felt that it, it's a timely statement and you know that, that people uh-huh. have been you know we have we have hollywood people saying stupid things and we have yeah. we have mentally unstable people doing crazy things yeah. um and and i i should hope that you know you know our membership Uh, is aware that, that there are appropriate channels to uh, achieving our policy goals. And I I think that we should all understand that, you know, we are fighting an uphill battle and this will take time. So, you know, persistence is, 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 is very valuable in this. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the way to keep that going is to be constructive. So, um, so yeah, I, I just,
0: know oh, it, it made perfect sense to me i just you know i i am kind of i don't know i'm kind of surprised by the oh well, no i'm not but i'm kind of surprised by the the outpouring of um just anger um from people being channeled inappropriately
1: yeah so,
0: I, don't, I don't think our members would do that
1: yeah i, I should hope not and and it's it's hard enough to get them angry. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard true. enough to get it's hard enough to get the vaping community angry about the right things. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, you know there there is I, we don't typically comment on this, but you know there there is some uh, some back and forth on on the social media about um, you know appropriate labels for uh for e-liquid and so on and um you know I, I think it's worth restating that uh you know sure the labels allow uh activists and politicians to score easy political points and mm-hmm. and I agree you know we shouldn't be handing them easy, Political points. Right. Um, it would be great if there were no low-hanging fruit in the community, <laughs> um, but there is. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but you know, I, I think for us to focus on that, first of all, you know, it, this has been this has been litigated in the community several times. Uh, first of all, it's basically free advertising for the bad actors. Second of all, um, even if self-regulation happens and all the manufacturers in the United States uh, change their labels to, to be more mature. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, first of all, what is more mature? Second of all, um, states are going to have their own interpretation of what is um, marketing to young people. And predominantly the, the, the position that, that anti-vaping activists are pushing is that Mm -hmm. anything flavor, anything that comes in a flavor other than tobacco is marketed Mm -hmm. to children. So even if we solve the labeling issue, we're still left with the conversation about flavors and that's, that's at the core of this. So Mm -hmm. I, I, I understand the points and the, and the, the, the outrage about, um, immature, juvenile marketing practices. Um, But, uh, you know, I I think that we need to to keep our eye on, you know, we need to remain focused on what the real issue here is, and that is um, that they're coming for flavors. Right. So.
0: Oh, yeah. No, that that is definite. In fact, we talked about there was, there's some place that, um, has got it written in their their licensing
1: um yeah Oregon yeah Oregon has it um that's the that's that's it's the only one that I know of that that has very specific um uh uh guidelines for yeah. for uh labels and uh there were recently it was a few weeks ago actually people were kind of posting up pictures of bottles that they had for sale in their store and they said i just got told by um you know whatever agency that you know this is illegal right okay. and, yeah. and I'm, not, I'm not sure if they were able to just put a sticker over the label or if they actually had to, to send it all back or, or destroy it um but uh yeah, it's it's any any cartoon, any any kind of drawing of of anything, really. I mean, if you have like a black and white, you know, line drawing of uh, you know fruit or pie or anything that that looks like a cartoon, an illustration, whatever, um, it it is it's prohibited on your label and order. Yeah,
0: they just really want plain text. Yeah, With warnings in black and white is what it seemed to me. Just looking at what people were very upset about and, and I don't blame them. It's, um, distressing when you've put money into it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, and I've, I've said this several times, you know, we get back into this whole conversation about like, you know, the, the, the famous line is, you know, I think this was in a, in a some committee hearing, a Senate or how, I don't know where it was, but, you know, they were debating the, I, I think was it the National Endowment for the Arts right. um, uh, funding and, uh, you know, displaying projects that, that taxpayer money had gone to. And somebody was saying, you know, this, you know, you know, this is pornography. It was pictures of, you know, nudes, right. um, which, you know, for centuries has been a part of art. Um, yeah. But, you know, people can can get creative with that. That's what that's what artists art do. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was sort of like, you know, you're talking about code, you're, you're talking about trying to define the difference between, you know, the, I, I think someone was asked, like, so you know, what is, what is pornography? And the response was, well, I know it when I see it. Yeah. You can't write that in the code. (laughs) (laughs) You have to get specific. You can't be that discretionary with this stuff. So in attempting to be specific about what is appropriate labeling, for example, on a bottle of e-liquid, the state of Oregon has made it exceedingly difficult for they, they are unique. They are an island and, yep. and, and made it difficult for manufacturers to sell their products there. Um, you know. And these aren't manufacturers who are trying to market to young people. They're just yep. providing a visual description of what the product is, yep. uh, and it runs afoul of the state code. So, um, again, it's a very nuanced conversation when we start talking about what makes an appropriate label. And, um, I, I would sort of urge people to really question, uh, any desire to lean towards plain packaging, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, you know, these adults are receptive to certain cues, you know, color images and so on. And mm-hmm. these products, you know, not only need to be good quality on the inside, but they need to they need to spark some interest and excite smokers, um, and, and inspire people's willingness to, to try them out. So, um, so yeah, there's no, there's no real silver bullet to that conversation, but, uh, yeah, I would just urge people to, you know, consider, consider more angles than just, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (sighs) Um, the other thing, the thing that I have written down, and and I was and I was writing about this for our newsletter, so there'll be more to come on this. But mm-hmm. um, I, I did kind of want to highlight what we're seeing uh, in in all of these policy battles. Uh, you know, we're we're not done with any of this stuff, by the way. And no. uh, so, you know, indoor vaping bans, yes. tobacco twenty one and flavor bands, they're the ones that are sort of grabbing the headlines right now right. Um, all of this is starting at the local level
0: taxation um, as well
1: taxation yes not not as much um i i think it uh you know we've seen it in uh obviously uh uh maryland montgomery county maryland chicago and cook county um, uh, there's like what five cities in Alaska that have adopted some sort of vapor tax. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah. So, um, yes, taxation is, is certainly an issue. It's just not as rampant as these other policy issues. Or not um, yet. <laughs> yeah, not yet. Um, so all politics is local and, mm-hmm you know I kind of want to uh, well I don't want to kind of do anything I want to just straight up state that um, all of the advocacy organizations in in the thR space or vaping whatever all of us have very limited resources right. and by by resources I mean money right. um, so monitoring local policy is, very, very difficult mm-hmm. and expensive. Um, you know, right now we have a tracking platform that we look at 50 states, we look at federal laws and we look at regulation. Right. So, and, and that's actually pretty expensive. Um, so, you know, that's, and and, and monitoring 50 states is, is hard enough. Right. To give people some perspective about why it's difficult to monitor local legislation. Um, I, I looked at the uh, Census Bureau data as of twenty twelve or twenty fifteen. I can't remember the, the year. Uh, there were eighty there were over eighty-nine thousand local governments. Wow. Eighty-nine thousand. Um I don't think there is any service actually that monitors all 89,000. Most of them look at, you know, places over 20,000 people or or over 50,000 people. Um, But even then you're still talking about tens of thousands of municipalities.
0: Well, I mean, it's not like Pokemon. You're not going to catch them all.
1: No, (laughs) no. Are there 89,000 Pokemon?
0: There, there might be, I don't know. I don't play. It was just, it just seemed like a clever thing to say. Um, (laughs) it's it's really hard i mean even i keep telling people if you're going to monitor what your local government is doing read your local newspaper and look for stories that say you know talk about smoking bans or smoking legislation because nine times out of ten you'll find vapor tacked onto that and then you can tell us and we can help you but we don't know otherwise always
1: Yeah. I, I recently reset up my, my Google alerts. Um, I just have them for tobacco and and flavor bands uh, or flavored tobacco at the moment. But um, that's, that's been somewhat useful. And um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's even more important, I think, for especially retailers to be involved with your chamber of commerce. Oh yeah. Um, That, that, being connected with that group is going to give you a bit of a heads up when there are um, policy issues coming before your city council, sure. um, and, and that that's that's you know if we if we rely solely on the media <laughs> for this information, we're going to hear about it a week before it goes before a committee or a week before it goes to the council, sure. and then you know by then th- those that. That lawmaking body has been thoroughly lobbied by the anti-smoking groups, um, yeah. and it, it makes it even more difficult. I, you know, it, it's you know tr- trying to find the appropriate strategy here is difficult because you know we've said in the past a lot of people look at this and they and, and they say, well, you know, if we were just introduce legislation to kind of head this stuff off at the pass. Um, you know, like uh, specifically carve out an exemption for vapor products or specifically define vapor separate from tobacco. If we could get that introduced and, and passed, then, then we could stop a lot of this nonsense. Well, well, the problem with that is that introducing legislation requires a lot of resources and time on your part mm-hmm. uh, in order, you, you you have to hold that bill's hand through the process. Because once that gets going somewhere, the anti-smoking groups, the anti-vaping groups, they actually do have this kind of network of spies. Sure. They, <laughs> they have the, the
0: money at their disposal.
1: They they have a, an established infrastructure of, of local volunteers to monitor stuff like this, and mm-hmm. they will swoop in and start fighting back. So it's not impossible to get, Legislation advanced. We, we've seen things get along, um, but that may not necessarily be the appropriate. That's kind of the like, that's the Hail Mary approach, I guess. So sure. that's, you know, that's go for the shoot for the stars um, <laughs> kind of a vision. Um, on the other hand, you know. Developing a relationship with the city council and informing them about the issues mm-hmm. um, it is something that that people can do. With, you know, not tied to a particular piece of legislation. Sure. Um, <clears throat> so, um, you know, those are just some ideas, and, and this is kind of a developing thing. You know, another place to look to is you know look at look at the political movements in the past that have had an impact. Um, They don't necessarily have to have been successful, but, but look and see what, you know, look at what the Tea Party movement did. Look Mm -hmm. at what, look at what, um, uh, you know, Democrats are doing now, what the left is doing now in, you know, showing up at town hall meetings and, uh, you know, how they're organizing. These are, these are based on, you know, other events in the past. This is the culmination of years of people Um, you know, community organizing, political organizing, and so on. Um, And so, you know, those, that, that structure exists and has been um, successful, at least in influencing uh, policy and, and, and voting. Um, And so those are the places that, that I'm looking to for, for inspiration Mm -hmm. and guidance. Well, I
0: would, yeah, I I would, um, I would add the, the Libertarian Party has been pretty good. I mean, at the local level, at least where I am, at getting people elected to seats in city councils. And um, it's because they're so, um, I don't want to say in there, but they're very involved. Hmm. If you're not involved, you're not going to have a voice in what goes on at a local level. Yeah. That's the unfortunate truth. But it can be done. I mean, that, that's kind of my point. They've done it here. We've had people elected to um, high office here, not yeah. just little city council seats, just, you know, up in the state house. So it can be done. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Sorry.
1: No, no that's good. I'm, I'm, I, I reached the end of my, um, <laughs> I reached the end of my thought. So,
0: um, oh, yeah, um so it it, um it's a very difficult thing but it can be done and it it very much is like alex says i mean there are books out there that will tell you how to do community organizing um Mm -hmm. i'm gonna throw out (laughs) rules for radicals by saul alinsky not one of my political heroes but um a very effective book to read if you want to change the world basically yeah yeah so there's that um weren't we just talking about there was a place that overturned tobacco 21
1: um yeah in Michigan um yes. i i don't have the name of the the town i want to say it was green something um, in, in Michigan. Um, uh, I guess the city council passed, passed an ordinance, uh, raising the age to purchase tobacco and vapor to 21. And I I don't, I I can't remember who filed the lawsuit, but, uh, a lawsuit was filed.
0: Genesee County, Michigan.
1: That Um, sounds right. Yeah. Close with the, with the G and the double E. Um, (laughs) The uh, so, yeah, the lawsuit was filed, and a judge, I guess, this week, ruled that um, the uh, the ordinance was illegal. It, it was against um, the state law. Uh, Michigan has an age of majority law, uh, which I don't know the details of. I just know that <clears throat> that was the basis of the judge um, uh, ruling against oh, the 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 city or county, Um, and so that's, I I guess, that's actually pretty good news for Michigan. Um, I I suspect that activists will continue to try to push this policy at the local level, Um, but while the judge has has, uh, ruled against Tobacco 21 being enacted by municipalities, there is concurrently a bill in the Michigan legislature to um, raise the age to 21 at the state level. Uh, And I'm not sure if Michigan is still in session. They may still be.
0: Yeah. um, uh, Michigan Attorney General Bill Shute argued that a similar effort in Ann Arbor was also likely in violation of the Age of Majority Act. Yeah. Um, that that suit was actually bought by an oil company that owns a bunch of convenience stores in Michigan. So they had the deep pockets to go forth with that. Yeah. But something good came of it.
1: And by the way, the Michigan regular session apparently ends on December thirty first. So okay. <laughs> it's still plenty of time for them to do some damage there. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're you know we're seeing. Um, you know, obviously with Tobacco 21 and the flavor ordinance, we're seeing, you know, lots of other stakeholders come out of the woodwork for this. National Association mm-hmm. Convenience Stores, Petroleum, something, um, National Organization of Tobacco. Uh,
0: NATO, the NATO. National Associated Tobacco Paco Organizations.
1: Or- something like that. Yeah, yeah. I got that. I got that. I I, I was saying nada. Um, (laughs) NATO. Yeah. Um, So yeah. And it's, uh, you know, potential allies there, but they argue on behalf of businesses. um, And uh, you know, as was the case in San Francisco, um, lawmakers love to highlight that uh, the only opposition to these ordinances are businesses who who only see profit over public health Um, Mm -hmm. so and and of course you know people like you know we had Casas Jennifer Berger Coleman testified in San Francisco and uh, Damon Jacobs uh, testified you know these are we don't the the two people that don't sell or profit off of the sale of, of vapor products um, right. Addressing the council on 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 harm reduction issues, and those arguments were flatly ignored. Um, so
0: it's amazing to me because San Francisco, <laughs> San Francisco, um, God, that's like almost the birthplace of of the harm reduction movement as we know it today. If it, I'm talking about like during the AIDS crisis, yeah, the, the beginning of the AIDS crisis, you know. Um, they educated each other. They marched in solidarity with one another, you know, um, and they they formed harm reduction as we know it. Basically, that's amazing to me. Just the flat out ignorance of their own history.
1: Yeah, it it doesn't. <clears throat> it, it it's not. It's not getting less shocking to me. Yeah. Um, and and when we when we post this up I, I will get you the link mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Damon Jacobs had a, had a, a pretty solid recording of his testimony um, and we should include that in the notes for this show uh, it's okay. it's only two minutes long because right. that's all the time that anybody was given right. um, unless you were there to just fillet the the, the the committee um, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah that's a it's a good reference for people who might be working on on this issue. Okay. Yeah. So um the only other thing I think that we haven't updated recently uh was New York State. Okay. Um and, and I guess this deserves a little bit extra commentary. So um from what I understand uh a-516 and S-2543, okay. which prohibit vaping in indoor public spaces, okay. uh, passed, passed both houses and is, is going to be transmitted to the governor for his signature. Okay. Um, this bill was amended at the last minute. Um, I, I sent this update out on the 19th, which was Monday. Okay. Um, and... It included some clarification and some extra exemptions. Um, okay. I'm not sure how much of it was new and how much was of it, it was originally in the bill. So the things that changed were uh, vapor products are defined separately from tobacco.
0: Okay.
1: And this was done without getting into too much detail. Mm-hmm. This was done because someone realized that they may need to come back later and change this policy. Whether you yeah. want to take that as a consolation prize, I, I don't, I don't know, but that is to some extent, that is, that is more positive news than we've heard in other places. Sure. Um, they don't have the foresight and the courage to just not do this, but they are at least human enough to admit that yes, yes, evidence is emerging i mean as far as we're concerned the evidence already exists but more and more evidence is emerging to support our claim that uh exposure to secondhand vapor is not harmful to bystanders in fact is not is not uh uh not really all that much of a concern to the primary user um so they built that into this legislation so that they could come back later and, and easily change it. Um, The other thing that's in there uh, is uh, an exemption for retailers who derive, I think something like 75% of their sales, maybe it might be 65% of their sales from uh, the sale of vapor products or tobacco products. Um, The other important exemptions here were um, retirement homes, can have an indoor room uh where where folks can go and vape
0: oh good
1: yeah um that was that was specifically in there uh the other thing was i believe psychiatric facilities also have oh. uh, a, a bit of a limited exemption in that people can vape in a in a dedicated room they wow. don't have to go outside yeah
0: that that's <clears> huge <throat> that really is huge that's that's a huge exemption usually people get told you don't have
1: any right to this. Correct. When you sign so, yourself
0: into a hospital
1: or what have you. Yeah. Awesome. So it's still, um, it's still awful because it prohibits vaping in work, you know, workplaces that they don't have the right to set their own policy and indoor public places, restaurants, bars, etc. Right. But they don't, they don't get the right to choose anymore, but at least it demonstrates some progress. Yeah. um and I will say that um you know this is not something that uh anybody rolled over on. There was a lot of work done from what I understand um from the New York State paper Association to um you know win some hearts and minds and, and change some attitudes in Albany uh, and you know unfortunately, you know this is a proposal that has been pushed year after year after year. Uh, Kemp Hannon and Linda Rosenthal have been pushing anti-vaping legislation. I think for longer than I've been vaping. Yeah. Um, they hate vaping. They hate smoking. Right. Um, Kemp Hannon is the one, by the way, who in, you know, in the same legislative session, proposed a bill to ban flavors and proposed a bill to ban vaping completely. Oh. Um, There had the the range of goofy proposals has been introduced in New York, and it comes predominantly from these two people. Um, And and actually, I think Kemp Hannon is from Suffolk County, uh, and Suffolk County was actually the first. Local government to prohibit vaping indoors. Oh yeah, uh, in 2009, I believe it predates New Jersey. Predates yeah, Paramus.
0: It, it predates a lot of things. I, that's when people were first starting to go to vape meets, and they had to stop meeting in that county because um, they used to. There used to just be like small groups of people that would go to these little vape meets at restaurants, and yeah. once they banned it in Suffolk County, they had to move about 10 miles out of town and that was huge at the time I just remember it being a huge thing it was like a huge scandal not scandal but you know what I mean it it was a huge blow to what everybody thought this was right that that we were making a choice that was healthier for us and that everybody was automatically going to be on our side Um, I think that was the first uh, taste we got that that was not the case
1: yeah yeah, so, um, yeah, New York, it took them eight years to do it, but um, they finally included vaping in their indoor clean air law, um, and it's certainly not, you know, um, it, 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 there, there is still some merit to going ahead and contacting the governor and asking him to veto. Right. Um, you know, we'll probably put something out to New York people uh, soon. Um, once Once I have confirmation, it's officially been transmitted to the governor's office, um but uh yeah so i mean at least there's it's not really even a silver lining it's just
0: no but there's there's less bad there's less bad areas in it not great but less damaging to to vulnerable people
1: yeah and 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 it's not like this was you know um if there's one thing new york's got going for it it's not it's that it's not san francisco so (laughs) um good good for them for at least listening to advocates yeah um so yeah, um, a couple of other things to look out for, to look forward to. Um, there was a hearing this week in Massachusetts. Uh, I still haven't reviewed anything. It wasn't uh, webcast or anything, and I've only no. heard a few things about it, but um, Massachusetts was looking at a 40% wholesale tax. Yeah. Um, it's, it's my understanding that that, that might be changing um, so there might be might be some good news out of Massachusetts, um, but uh, I, I'm still looking for more details on that. Sure. Um, Delaware was also looking at a tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started as 30% tax in the governor's budget proposal, and then uh, I believe uh, it has come down from there. Uh, if it passes at all, we're looking at something between two and five cents a milliliter. Um, so uh, at least some some progress on the tax rate uh, proposed in Delaware Um, so yeah I think that rounds it out uh, things to look forward to Um, as always uh, please take a moment to uh, add uh, your comment to the uh, enjoy citizen petition Mm -hmm. Uh, we have an engagement for that on the front page of our website And uh, keep sending letters to Secretary Tom Price, urging him to delay the deeming regulations. Uh, And we picked up some new co-sponsors for 1136 this week. So um, there are opportunities for people to put actual pen to paper and send to comment on a petition everybody loves petitions oh, yeah. and to send thank you messages So we've got we've got the full range of activities for people to do at the <laughs> national level
0: Yeah
1: yeah
0: and you know you always have the opportunity to tweet at and send emails to the San Francisco Board of Supervisors
1: Absolutely and, and since it's the weekend
0: everybody.
1: I guess it's, it's coming up on four o'clock. It's quitting time in uh, San Francisco. So um, you can, you can continue to make phone calls and leave voicemails. I believe, I don't know if all of them have voicemail set up, um, but I do, I have seen comments uh, saying that a lot of calls are just going to voicemail. Um, Uh Go ahead and leave a voicemail. Uh, And uh, then of course, Saturday and Sunday, um, I'll, I'll put the link back out again for people to send emails. Okay. Um, so yeah, they should, they should show up for work on Monday with tons and tons of emails from Vapors. that will be great.
0: I think that's good if they deserve to hear from the other side. Yeah. What better, what better thing to do? I mean, I, John Oliver did it with net neutrality. He told people to take their, their rage and point it directly at the people that were going to take that away from them. San Francisco is kind of the same thing. This is the start of the people who want to take your flavors away from you. Don't get mad about it and don't complain to your friends about it. Tell them what they've done wrong. Let it go. Talk to them.
1: Better yet. You
0: need to know what they're doing.
1: Yes. Better yet. Tell them what vaping has done right. Yes. Tell Tell them how vaping has positively impacted your life. Um, and if you've used a, a smokeless tobacco, um, even though you're not going to find the wide variety of flavored snooze on the shelves in a convenience store, tell them that flavored smokeless tobacco products have helped you, if if that's the case as well. Um, any any flavored smoke free tobacco or nicotine product that is not an FDA approved uh, cessation drug drug or device. Um, Make sure that the San Francisco Board of Supervisors knows your success story. Yeah, um, that that is vital. And nice. then and then tell them that they were totally wrong in not listening to the voices of consumers. So,
0: yeah, exactly. Um, and since that's it for this week, thank you so much, Alex. We will see you next Friday. Yep, I will try to get this out tonight. Awesome. So that it's there for people to um listen to and and you know know what's going on uh over the weekend um and thank you we will see you next friday have a great week you too thank you thanks thank you you can get kasas updates at kasa.org you can get kasas updates on soundcloud you can get kasas updates by going to the itunes podcast store and searching KASA Media, and you will find a full listing of all the KASA updates that we've done uh, from way back when I did them with Karen, Um, and you can import them into your favorite podcast app, and it will pop up and let you know when a new KASA podcast update is available.